Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. We need to talk. Doesn't that just send chills down your spine? Well, it doesn't have to. Today on Episode 10 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, You'll meet my guest, Andrea Wenberg, the CEO and founder of Voice of Influence, who believes when you unlock the voice of your team, you have a voice of influence and that voice equals choice. Let's talk about how we can better navigate difficult conversations and how it relates to personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. Well, my new book has just launched, Leading Through the Dark Waters of Conflict, and I wrote it because I've been teaching a seminar for years on how to get to win-win in conflict conversations, and it tends to be one of the most requested seminars. I think it's because we humans, at any time, seem to be either recovering from a difficult conversation or about to head into one soon, whether that be at work or at home. My wife, bless her heart, says that I should niche in the area of conflict resolution for my business, but here's a little secret about me. I really, really don't like conflict when I've got a dog in the fight. Now, don't get me wrong. I actually enjoy being able to help two other people mediate a conflict because it's when I'm emotionally unattached to the situation. So I'll keep passing on the nuggets of truth that I know are good for growth, and today I'll be listening well for even more nuggets because being a podcast host is like getting free coaching, right? Well, my guest today is Andrea Joy Wenberg. Here's a little bit about Andrea. As CEO and founder of the consulting firm Voice of Influence, Andrea Wenberg draws out the best in leaders and teams, helping them develop motivating influence with customers and key stakeholders. A maverick leader known for her fearless approach to difficult conversations and her ability to cut rapidly to the core of any problem or issue, She serves her clients and audiences with life-changing strategy, keynotes, trainings, and executive retreats. Andrea's insights have been featured in publications such as Success Magazine, one of my favorite to read, by the way, Baylor Journal of Church and State, and David Neagle's The Successful Mind Podcast. She is the author of the memoir, Unfrozen, Stop Holding Back and Release the Real You, and host of the Voice of Influence podcast featuring interviews with 150-plus leaders and experts. She lives with her husband and two creative kids in Nebraska, where the land meets the sky, and you always see the stars. <laughs> well, I was blessed to be a guest on her podcast a couple of years ago and felt a connection, which made me want to ask her onto my show. And actually, funny story, due to an audio issue, I was interviewed by her twice. <laughs> Remember that, Andrea? Yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, podcasts are our little stories that we could tell. It's so true. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me for the lovely introduction and congratulations on your book. It sounds wonderful. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, Andrea, you have a master's in counseling, right? Yes. What led you to want to go that route with your higher education? And during that pursuit, what became more real for you about your future calling? Hmm. 
Well, I was, my undergrad was actually in music education. And uh, I, I was interested in how to make a bigger difference in the world. But I, I think there were a lot of questions that I had, both about, um, about psychology, about how people work, but also about God. And so I ended up at seminary, actually, and um, just went through trying to seek out all these answers to my questions. And because I really wanted to be right. And I think uh, I think if I would have known about organizational psychology, maybe maybe I wouldn't have figured it out at the time that that's what I really was interested in. But um, <laughs> maybe that would have been a better better fit. But this was still really good for me because uh, it it made me really think about the fact that I don't have to be completely right about everything. So I went in seeking answers and ended up being more comfortable with the questions. Wow, that's pretty deep. <laughs> and what um, what else did you learn while you were there that really has led to, you know, your ongoing career? Yeah, I I think I think one of the biggest experiences that I had while I was there had to do more with my own personal growth, which was really about me sort of seeing that I had a persona that I had a sense of an ideal Andrea. And that ideal Andrea was was going to be good and strong and competent. And if I was those three things, then I was convinced that people would, uh, would want to connect with me, which I really wanted. And I would be able to have an impact, which I also really wanted. So being good and strong and competent seemed to be the, the key to having those two things. But then that became something that was so important to me that it almost felt like I would die if I weren't those three things. So my, once my, when I had a, this opportunity and my, my persona sort of cracked, things started to slip out. It was obvious that maybe I didn't know everything. Maybe I was kind of foolish sometimes. Maybe, maybe I wasn't strong all the time. Uh, when those things started to happen, and um, and actually it just really shattered for me at that time, what happened in the end was that I was able to see that I didn't need to have those things. That, in fact, I, I really found my humanity, which allowed me to be able to actually use those things, use the good things that I had, my gifts that I, my strengths that I had by offering them without having having to grasp a hold to this idea that I had to look perfect. So I could offer who I was without it having to be perfect. And that was a pretty pretty big step for me that now translates into pretty much all the work that I do. Wow. I had uh, a similar moment of truth where I went through a very dark time back in 06. And uh, when I one of some of the things I tried to do to reinvent myself was to develop some new hobbies. Of course, I got good therapy and got some good guy friends and did a whole bunch of things to try to reinvent myself. And one of those was hiking. And whenever I would be on a hike, I would look for, as I was, be, I was praying as well, because I'm trying to rebuild my life during this time. And I felt like God always gave me something from nature that was transformative. And it was a metaphor. 
and probably you like me make every uh, everything into a metaphor for speaking <laughs> as, <laughs> as a speaker, right? It's like, oh, I can t- turn that into a metaphor. Well, one thing I stepped by was a uh, stripped away tree bark. You know, it was like a big piece of bark off of a tree. And it was like, all right, God, what's that? And he's like, well, I'm stripping away some of those things that you think that you have to have, like the approval of your boss, you know, or the denomination that you grew up in, or uh, the, uh, the approval of a woman or approval of whatever uh, in your life. I'm going to strip that away um, so that you can rebuild. And I still have that tree bark behind me in my fountain oh, how cool. <laughs> as a reminder of that moment. So I feel like in some way I can connect to being a little shattered, a little cracked, and then having this aha moment that was transformative for you. Well, your your business is Voice of Influence. How did you decide on that name? And what does it represent in anyone who utilizes your expertise? Hmm. Well, I actually wrote a book in 2016, published a book called Unfrozen, Stop Holding Back and Release the Real You. But then that statement at the bottom says uh, the unexpected path to connection and impact. And it kind of relates back to what we were talking about before, that it's that connection and impact that I think that people really want, but they're so afraid of letting go of whatever persona or perfectionism or um, need that they have for validation and approval that oftentimes we end up getting in in the way of ourselves and getting in the way of what we really actually want. So when I think of voice of influence, I'm thinking voice is authentic self-expression. Authenticity doesn't necessarily mean totally transparent. It means true. Whatever I do say is true about what's inside. And so voice and then influence to me, it's so important that influence is healthy, that it's not manipulative. And um, influence, oftentimes people think of influence as being a one-way push, a one-way impact. But really, healthy influence is mutual. So when we're having a conversation, we are influencing each other, even difficult conversations. So that. Authentic self-expression plus healthy influence, I think, really does end up equaling, can get to that point where we have true human connection and meaningful impact. And that's what I want for people that that we work with, for our clients, both, you know, individuals and and companies. I'm reading the book right now, um, The Lost Art of Listening, and uh, it talks about how our conversations need to be mutual, right? That we need to be listening probably more than we need to be talking, but we also need to be asking questions of one another. And it's in that that special sauce, which is that mutuality. I think that 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 relationship really gets stronger. Do you do you believe that as well? Absolutely. Yeah, I think. When I was in college, I read a book. I really wasn't into reading before I got to college. And then I started reading this author, Dr. Larry Crabb, and he's a psychologist. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I've heard of him. You know him? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, he died this about a year ago. Oh, wow. But he was a mentor of mine, and I, I went attended some of his courses. And I loved his book called Connecting. And mm. he, he really it inspired me from that moment on, I think, to 
realize that it's it's almost it's in the moment of that that connection where the real magic happens. It's not in knowing the right answer and then proving that you're right. It's in the connection with the actual human being where real transformation takes place. So that's, I definitely agree. Oh, good. Larry Crabb. Yes. It's, yeah. It's somewhere in my past, but I remember that author. <laughs> that's cool that you were personally impacted by him. So why do we hold back from our authentic self, from expressing that to both at work and in our personal relationships? Authentic self, I think sometimes we think of that as being whatever is right underneath the surface. So what I think and feel right underneath the surface. And I think that's a very immature view of self-expression and authentic self-expression. I think that that is good to start with. But as we grow older, (laughs) at least as I have grown older, um, I've realized that underneath the the surface is good, but there's also this deeper this deeper place in me where I have where I what 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 do I really believe? What do I really want? So in this moment, I might be nervous. In this moment, I might be frustrated. In this moment, I don't like you or whatever it might be. But when it comes down to what I really believe, but I what I really want is I want for us to have. Uh, an impact in the world, or I really want us to be able to solve this problem. And I really actually believe that we can do this. I, I believe we can do it without being contentious or whatever it might be. And so for me, I think, I think that I, I really want people to dig deeper when they're looking for their authentic self and not be so stuck on, I don't want to just share whatever I think or feel. Well, I agree. You shouldn't just share whatever you think or feel because that is not always wise. That's not not always going to serve you or the the other person. Um, I know that some people talk about it like that is what you should do. I don't think that's true. I think that needs to run through another filter. It needs to run through that filter of, but what do I what, what would be best? What is the wisdom filter <laughs> inside of me as well? And now let's share whatever is true. So I don't, I'm not going to lie and say that I, I like somebody I don't like or whatever, you know, but, um, but to be able to make sure that whatever you do say is true without having to say everything. I, I, I say uh, this little mantra, um, you can, you can, Let's see. What is it? <laughs> you Do can I be say. real without bearing all. That's <laughs> right. Right. Yes. We all we all have uh, had those unfiltered moments, <laughs> and we all know people around us that seem to forget the filter in the morning when they go to work. <laughs> yes. <They're> true. <laughs> and the verbal vomit uh, just comes out. Uh, sorry for that awful image, but but yeah, they they don't they haven't thought through. Is this going to be edifying? Is this true? Is this helpful to the conversation. <laughs> but I really, I, I really like how you said, but we, we got to go deeper than just that, right? That's a good first step. And if people are having trouble connecting with their emotions, probably us guys, uh, but we, that would be a good first step to share some of those surface level ones, but to really go down deep, that's a whole nother level of communication. Mm-hmm. I think that's where leadership has to go. Yes. You really want to be a leader, then you need to, you need to figure out how to go deeper. And find that place inside of you where you've already done the work before you go out and try to impact other people. Because then you become a talk. To- you could you could become toxic. You could become, um, you know, just a bulldozer or whatever. 
um, or just tell people what you think all the time. That that's not that's not true leadership, I don't think. Yeah, and I, I like to say too, you can't lead people further than you've gone yourself, right? You can just try to put up that front, but uh, that would not be authentic at all. And people will catch that from you very quickly. Yeah. Well, difficult conversations. Yikes. Okay, so your website says that you have a fearless approach to difficult conversations, Andrea. So was it always that way? Like, was it a part of your personality or did you grow into that? Okay, so difficult approach is, or fearless approach is different than totally fearless. (laughs) I'll just say that (laughs) to start out with. I don't think that it means that there's never any fear. I think it's more of that once you do the work, then you can come to it with this fearless approach, okay. right? It's not that initial, I don't have any fear. I don't care about anything. It's more of this, um, you know, if I, if what I have to figure out what's at stake for me, what's at stake for me, <laughs> what's at stake in the conversation in reality, but also what's at stake for me. What am I worried about here? And, and once I do that work of, okay, so I really want to get this sale or I really want to, make this connection with somebody. Um, but then I'm able, you know, if, if you can, if you can release that and, and detach from that. And as you were talking about, um, you know, when you, when you're not directly impacted and your emotions aren't involved, it's not as difficult to have these difficult conversations. So I think that, you know, being able to, to do that work on the front end and detach Detach our sense of like self uh, neediness, honestly. Like, what do I need out of this conversation? Well, maybe I don't need anything. Maybe I'll be okay no matter what. If that's the case, how would I approach this? And if I really care about that other person more than I'm worried about what that might happen, what might happen? What, how could I, how could I approach this? And I I would say that, no, I, I can't say that I always was like that. Um, I would say that I've always been deep and intense. So <laughs> we'll find out very quickly. I mean, I, I very often hear things like, oh my gosh, you're staring into my soul and things like this. <laughs> I don't mean to be, you know, I think for the most part, people aren't intimidated by that. <laughs> um, but I, but what I think has changed for me is that, um, that initial point in time what I, that I talked about at the beginning of, you know, kind of releasing the persona and not needing to be perfect, not needing it all to work out just right. And then over the years, you know, the more you do it, the more you put yourself in situations that are scary and you realize in the end that they're, that they've um, turned out better in the end, that there's a better outcome on the other side. I think you start to, it just becomes a muscle that you're used to using and it doesn't feel as fearful. If you detach your self-neediness in these conversations, I could see how by stripping some of that emotion out of it that's attached to that self-neediness, you could really get to solutions uh, a lot more directly. <laughs> was, that, was that a good way of saying it? Right. I think so. I think you could. I think, I think it helps people to be able to take in other people's perspectives without being defensive to be able to listen and actually hear, to be able to share and not be afraid of sharing and to have conversations that are actually problem-solving conversations that are about the problem itself and not about 
our own egos, like, yeah, you get a lot more done, a lot faster. <laughs> I heard it said that uh, one counselor told me that it's like you, uh, let's say it was you and the and your significant other, the person you love, you know, is are you on both two sides or two different couches fighting against each other? Or are you on the same couch fighting against this issue together? You know, and I thought, I love that, that view of, no, I want to be on the same couch with my wife solving the issue. And I would think you would have to detach some of that ego in order to do that. Mm. Really good. What else would you tell a listener today to grow in their personal leadership development in this proficiency of handling difficult conversations well? You know, I think that when you believe that you really are for somebody that you're on the couch with them and not against them, um, when you are for somebody and you can communicate that, when you are, when you respect somebody and you can communicate that, when you um, believe in somebody and you can communicate that, that let's say when you're for somebody, you're communicating really that this is not an attack you know, the, the, I'm here for you. I, I, and I respect you means, you know, what you choose to do with this information matters. What you choose to do in this situation matters. What you've done in the past has mattered. And, and so I respect this about you. And then I believe in you really brings, so here's how you can improve, or here's what we need to solve. And when we bring those three things to the conversation, I just wonder, how is that confrontational? So good. And I want to rewind that, everyone, but I'll say it again. <laughs> Are you for someone, you respect them, and do you believe in them? And if that is the posture you are in, how can that be seen as, as confrontational? Man, Andrea, that, that, those are three good things to remember in uh, a conflict conversation. You also brought in like, this isn't an attack. Have you actually used those words or do you, do you coach people to actually say what you're not trying to do in a conversation? I don't know that I have done that. I think it's usually more, we talk through, you know, where the common ground is and what the common goal is. So let's figure out what that common goal is. Let's connect on that before we move on to, you know, can we, what do we need to do about it? Um, you know, we both agree that we, you, we both obviously really care about this, this team. We have different ways to approach it, but we both really care about them. And we have this one situation. Um, I really appreciate the fact that you have done X, Y, and Z. And I'm wondering, should we look at, you know, A, B, and C as well? Or, you know, whatever, but you're, you're, it's it's disarming, but it's disarming in a non-manipulative way, I believe. Right. Um, I actually look at it in terms of like the, re the reason why we built it like this is um, I look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and there's three basic categories. There's the basic category at the bottom, which is about safety and physical safety and mental safety are perceived the same way in our brains. So Psychological safety is first. That's the I am for you. You don't have to put your defenses up with me. And then the second piece is, is that, that psychological difference. Um, 
So that I respect you, what you do and say matters. Um, and then the third, the third piece is that, you know, that um, self-actualization. And because I believe in you, I'm actually going to challenge you. I think a lot of leaders who want to be nice don't ever get to the third piece because they don't they don't, they think that they're being mean if they try to change somebody. But that's actually not you don't believe in them enough then. If you believe in somebody and you be, you 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 can see something better for them then then you should be sharing that. But in in a way that, you know, is disarming that that shows them that you care. Yeah, it's a disservice as a leader to not share something that could help their career or help that person get more buy-in from their leaders or whoever, right? It'd be a disservice. Right. But we want to be liked. Come on. (laughs) We do. (laughs) We totally do. But what do we want more? (laughs) That's right. What do I want more than to be liked? Oh, that's good. (laughs) I want more to know that we've made this difference together. Oh man, if that, that is, so is good. true. If that is true, then then I can get over the hump of you know all the pain and the frustration and the and the the nervousness that comes with doing a difficult conversation. Yeah, I think it was Lao Tzu that said, "From caring comes courage." Right. So the the, the in order to get get the muster up to have that crucial conversation. It comes out of a heart of care and love for the other person, whether it's your child or uh, a direct report that you have or a good friend, right? It comes from that that uh, good motive of caring, and that makes us open our mouth and want that more. <laughs> mm. Well, we are going to take a quick break here, um, and you are listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel you can contact me on LinkedIn at Paul D. Casey, and you can contact my guest at LinkedIn, Andrea Joy Winberg. When we come back, we're going to continue pounding away at this of, hey, if confrontation terrifies me, how can I reframe that? And then we'll talk a little bit about Andrea's book and her podcast. So stay tuned. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back. We're having a great conversation with Andrea Wenberg today about difficult conversations. And uh, just to pick up on our last part of that conversation, there's probably someone or many someones that are listening today that say, confrontation terrifies me. So Andrea, is there any other way to help them reframe confrontation and conflict so they have the courage to do it? Hmm. Well, I think aside from just, you know, the the three things that we talked about before the break, um, it, when we keep in mind that what our goal is, is something that's much more important than our comfort. I mean, when, when you can look at life and say, um, you know what, I'm willing to risk my own comfort in order to achieve this goal. You know, when somebody runs a marathon, you know, you're not just going out there to run the marathon, you're doing all the training on the front, front end. Anytime, anytime that you're training for something, anytime that you're doing something that's hard, you can do it. It's, it's just, you. why are you doing it? You have to know why it matters. And I think once you decide that you know why something matters and that you, you want to be that kind of leader, you want to be that kind of person that's going to make a difference for your team, for um, whoever you're needing to talk to, um, I think that I think that you can do it. You 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 don't have to be so scared and it doesn't have to feel confrontational. Yeah, like as a leader, if you're in a position where it's like this everyone keeps reporting to me that this one person is being uh, a gossip on the team or tearing people down or being a slacker or whatever the malady is and you keep getting reports, you observe it yourself and your conscience is tugging at you like I should have the conversation I should have the con- and you go to bed and you wake up the next day I should still have that conversation <laughs> and your conscience is bugging you uh through what you have just said that goal is bigger than the comfort zone of like I don't really want to have that conversation because the the culture matters the team matters right moving forward together matters and that's when you say all right I'm going to do it today yeah, you know, I would add something else to that. When you were when you were just saying that, I thought, you know what? One of the big pieces of this is to stay curious, because I think we make a lot of assumptions about why people are acting the way that they act, and we are often very wrong. And I often hear from hear this from clients that when they actually check in with somebody instead of having a big confrontational conversation, like if you start with a check in, how are things going? How are things going at home? I mean, maybe you don't ask that question exactly, but you're, you know, you're you're kind of open to that. A lot of times what's going on at home is impacting the way that people are interacting at work. And so when you stay curious like that, I think in your you're kind of more uh an investigator or um, you know, not a prosecutor <laughs> in this oh, situation. Okay. Good one. Um there we go, another metaphor for you, right? <laughs> You stay you stay in that investigative mode until you get to the point where okay, now I see what's going on. Now what what do we need to actually talk about to actually solve whatever we need to solve? Maybe it's very little. Maybe there's something very little that has to take place because we just made a connection and now you know that I care about you and maybe it softens you. Maybe you 
go on and you know it's hard to say for sure but but I think that staying curious is a big piece of it too and and you it takes some pressure off uh, of the leader to be able to you know what maybe I don't have to come with all the answers I just need to go in with a few questions love it start with the check in be curious investigator not prosecutor mm, that's so good so good in our personal lives too absolutely well, you have a core message of voice equals choice. So how does finding one's voice benefit them in the workplace, no matter what role they play? Yeah, one of our core beliefs at Voice of Influence is that people people do want and they believe that they should have personal agency at work. And so personal agency is believing and, and actually having it be true that what my what I do and what I say can make a difference on the work that I do and on my team and in my organization. And I think that's true now more than it even has been in the past. So people want that. And I think that, um, I think that they also need to know that it's okay. Like sometimes you want to share your voice. Sometimes you don't want to share your voice and there's good reasons to do it or not do it. You know, is that person trustworthy? Is uh, this situation, is it high stakes enough that I need to share something? Or is it something I want to hold back? Um, do I need to just ask questions? Or, you know, you, when you really do believe that you have agency, you can make choices in how you're going to go about doing things and what you're going to say or, or not say. And that, I think, makes a huge difference on your perceived sense of engagement at work as well. You used the term personal agency. I've heard the term personal power. Are those one and the same? Um, I think agency, I, I prefer agency simply because it means that what, what you do and say matters. Okay. Um, whereas power, I think can mean a lot of other things. It can mean it can have something to do with it, but I don't know that I would call it the same thing. Okay. Power dynamics are a thing of their own. <laughs> it's a whole nother. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole nother topic that's really important to understand and know about. So, um, but yeah, I do think that there's a sense of uh, when people feel like they have some power, you know, that, that does play into their sense of agency. Well, if you were had a client and they felt like their voice was not being heard in the workplace, what would you coach them to do? Uh, and I know it would depend, of course, on their situation and how, how um, open their boss would be and things like that. But what are just some general things you would say if an employee was thinking, I probably should leave this company because I don't think I have a voice here? Yeah, Um I've encountered a few of those folks <laughs> and they're generally people who really feel like they do have something to say, but they're not being taken seriously. So sometimes it has to do with building their own credibility. Um, what, what do you need to have behind your name? Not necessarily letters, but what, what, um, what evidence do you need to demonstrate that, what you have to say matters in this situation. Um, how do you need to believe in your own credibility? Because if you don't believe in your own credibility, you're not going to come across as being credible. So 
what do you need to believe about your own credibility? And that is a lot of what we do uh, at times is just helping people to own their voice is what essentially that is. So first they have to own it and then develop their message. Like what is exactly that you're trying to, to get across? What difference are you trying to make? Who are you talking to? Are you talking to the right person? Um, what are they interested in? What do they need from you? A lot of times we come with our own agenda, but the other person, maybe they have a, a different perspective that they're looking at it from a different angle. They need something different. So to come in and and be an ally to the person that they're trying to have a voice with, um, to be that ally to that person, to be able to help them in, in ways that are perceived, that they perceived the need, and then be able to to start to build that relationship in order to have what they say actually matter. I think that those things are probably probably some of the foundational things. Even your own message first, because out of that good foundation, then you'll want to speak it out. You know, um, there's a, there's so much work with DEI right now, which is great. People, um, you know, companies want diversity of perspective. But individuals also have to know what their perspective is in order to be able to share it. So I think, again, owning one's voice, knowing what your perspective actually is and um, how to share it, then there's less at stake, I think, too. Good point. You mentioned your book earlier, Unfrozen, Stop Holding Back and Release the Real You. And I... uh, I've heard of read the reviews of, of it, and it talks about it's uh, your your version of uh, meeting Elsa <laughs> yeah. from, from the movie, and possibly using that as a metaphor for your life. What we're all uh, about what, the metaphors, Paul. <laughs> I know today that's our theme. <laughs> so, would you pass on some wisdom from that book? I want people to buy the book, of course, so you can't give it all away, but. Um, you, you, I think you've got a little deep about your own life in there and your path. Um, maybe some of those takeaways that you'd like to pass on to our listeners today. Sure. I talk, uh, the book really is my story. So if you're interested in stories, it's a storytelling kind of a book. It's not a, um, bullet point. Here's what you can learn today. Kind of a book. I like those too, but it's not the one I wrote. Um, yeah, you know, with Elsa, Elsa is the the character from the movie Frozen who has these powers with her with ice and water. She can turn water into ice. She can make it in these different forms, and it's it's uh, something that was really scary for her family. It was something that she had a lot of. It was sort of like she had this great power, but but it was causing problems. And. Then eventually um, her ice, was when she was scared, when people were afraid of her and she was scared of them, um, her ice was really hurting people. And I think, and what I, what I, what I took from that was that my self-expression, when it is fueled by fear, it can come out in really powerful and ugly ways. Um, you know, difficult, making life difficult for other people kind of ways. And so watching that movie and seeing this character on the screen with such, such an amazing power that could come out in two very different ways with fear. And then at the end, she learns to love, uh, that, that love actually allows her control over her, her powers. Um, and then she's able to use them in more beautiful ways and more helpful ways. 
And that was such a powerful metaphor for me because I am very expressive and I, uh, I was seeing that as a young mom with two little kids that, you know, I would get tired and I would get overwhelmed and things would happen and I would just feel frustrated and ice would come out. (laughs) And, um, so anyway, I, I guess I, I learned how to not worry so much about, I, I guess my, my, one of my, one of the main points is that I believe that you can love people more than you fear them. And when you do that, your self-expression, the, the impact that you have on the world is more helpful and beautiful. Self-expression fueled by fear can really be destructive. And then self-expression fueled by love can be so helpful. What a great message from that. What has been the response to some people that have uh, read your book? You have, you've probably done some book clubs or you've gotten some some feedback from your book. What, what have you heard back? Um, I've heard... I've heard various things. Um, you know, some people, I think, I think a lot of times it's been from younger, younger moms in particular who feel like they have something to offer, but don't know, but, but didn't have the courage to offer it or didn't feel like they had what it took to do whatever it was that they wanted to do. So a couple people have written books because of it, um, after listening or reading the book, um, you know, stepping out and and doing something new, stepping out and doing something with a little more courage and boldness. And yeah, I think those are the kinds of things that I'm hearing. Probably very inspiring. I know when when someone takes an idea or uh, is empowered from something that we've either written or spoken, it feels so good, doesn't it? It's a great career to be in. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's nice to know that your work matters. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) Well, you also have a podcast and uh, I usually ask the typical question of, you know, what do you seek to accomplish with it? But let me ask you a different question on this. How has the podcast grown you by being a host and interviewing fascinating people? Yeah, yeah. It's been five years and it's been over 200 guests. (laughs) I cannot believe that I've been that consistent. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, You know, I, it, it really has grown me in, first of all, just, of course, I've learned so much from my guests. As you know, that's what happens. You have such deep conversations and good conversations and you learn things. I think also... Also, in a sense, it's helped me to grow my own voice. So it's helped me to own my my voice and my perspective, and um, realize that that when I'm having these conversations, that actually the thoughts that I have are important as well, and that I can be confident in that. And then also, it has helped me, I think, to probably refine my messaging to understand what it is that I'm trying to say, how I can say it in ways that are helpful and, um, you know, how to, how to even write a little, uh, I've, some of the things that I do are interviews, but then sometimes I do, um, solo episodes and on those solo episodes, you know, you end up having to create a talk. And so when you're doing that, you get a lot of practice. So it's, it's been really, really good for me in those ways. Yeah, I, and I, I recall that 
when you would ask, ask me a question when I was on the podcast, there'd be a couple of times where you'd say, let me ask that a different way. I'd actually like you, like you corrected yourself in the middle of the question saying, no, this is actually what I'm trying to find out there. I just thought that was brilliant. It's like, you are really trying to make your question so powerful that it brings out the best in the guests. I wanted to praise you for that, first of all, mm. <laughs> but I'm sure it also has been refining for your question asking skills, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I And I, I guess, thank you. And I feel the same way about the questions you've been asking me today. I They've really gotten me to think a lot, a lot. Yeah. So if you're thinking about doing a podcast, listeners out there today, there's so many of them now, you might say like, why would I do one? Uh, it's what it does in you, not just uh, how you can broadcast someone else's message out there. So I would say, go for it. Well, Andrea, coach us today a little bit more. You've been doing such a good job with that today so far. But uh, asking for a friend, uh, if someone wrestled with being defensive in receiving feedback from a caring individual in their life, how would you help them? We've talked a lot about delivering that and how to approach that conversation. But let's say now you've been put on the spot and someone is asking for a correction from you or pointing out something in you that just is a little uncomfortable to hear what what counsel would you give? Hmm. Well, first of all, is this a safe person that you're receiving feedback from? Are they somebody who actually do, is for you? Do they respect you and do they believe in you? If those things are all true, then open yourself up and go for it. If you're not so sure that all those things are true, then it's okay to listen with a grain of salt and not necessarily take everything um everything word for word, because not everybody's perspective is correct. I think that's one of the reasons why we have to look at this in terms of a conversation and mutual and all that kind of stuff, because it's not necessarily does somebody else's perspective need to totally change the way that I do something. But after you know that somebody is for you, I think, I think the other piece of that is asking yourself, okay, what is at stake for me in this conversation? What do I feel like is so... Why is this so intense for me? And is it actually something that I need to be worried about? Is it a real threat? Or is it possibly a fake threat? Is it a threat just to my ego? Or is it a, a something that I need to be concerned about? Um, and what if you didn't have to be perfect? If you don't have to be seen as perfect? If you can recognize that, that you're a human being, and of course, you're going to be learning and growing your whole life and that relationships are messy. And of course, you're going to have some uncomfortable moments in life with your relationships. If you, can, if you are okay with those two things, I think coming into a conversation, you're not going to feel quite as defensive and you're going to be asking those questions even on the other side, staying curious. Hmm, I wonder why this matters to this person. Oh, I want to go deeper on some of those. That's good stuff. So you mentioned a safe person delivering the feedback. What, how would you define a safe person? If you were trying to discern whether this is a person I should probably be listening to right now. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely people who are, 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 more interested in their own and getting their own way than they are in helping you. Um, and when that happens, if they position themselves to be on the other side on a different couch, as you'd put it earlier, 
if they position themselves to be correct and right about everything, if they position themselves to have the power and of different kinds of power, but they've got the power in the conversation, if they have not humbled themselves to be ready to listen to what you have to say as well, then they're probably not super safe. I think we've all had some of those folks in our past where uh, we've been wounded by an unsafe person. And I think that's partially what leads to that cringe when we get confronted is some of those experiences are still scars in the back of our mind. And then it's like, Ooh, what should I listen to this person? But I like how you gave that discernment of, is this person approaching humbly? Are they approaching with a helpful mentality? That's probably a clue that I should tune in and be all ears in this situation. You mentioned uh, ego and it sounded like you were linking ego with seen as perfect. So that's probably one of the qualities of ego, isn't it? Hmm. I don't know if I can answer that question for sure, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does seem like, like uh, perfectionism and high idealism and, um, and a desire for, for real security and, being sure about things like those are things that are very solid and make us feel comfortable, but in the end, they actually make us fragile. Say that because again. Say, say, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. So all those things, yeah, all those things, it's sort of like um, building flexibility into a building. You want them to be able to sway with the wind a little bit. Um, your sense of self has to be strong, but not so rigid that you can't handle a change, that you can't handle growth. If you can grow, if you can be open to growth, if you can, um, if you can acknowledge your humanity, as I said before, and, and the fact that you're not going to be perfect and the fact that things are going to be messy and it's okay. And we're just going to keep moving forward together. Then, um, then, then you can handle a lot more. You've got, you're a lot stronger in that sense. People think that they're strong when they have these really sure things in front of them or when they build their lives on these like really solid things. Like I am positive about this and I know that. And I, <laughs> um, but those things actually end up becoming, if, if anything hits those, we get really defensive. We're very fragile. We, we crumble quickly. Well, it sounds like, let's do a hashtag here, flexibility beats fragility. There you go. <laughs> if you're able to dip and dive and have some wiggle room and not take life uh, so rigidly uh, as a result of that, you will, you know, it's sort of a, an anti-fragility uh, method. I, I was in a relationship once where uh, a gal called me, uh, your feelings are fragile, Paul. And I was like, ooh, that doesn't make me feel strong. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. say that. And that was the first time I had heard that. I'm like, I don't want to be that way. So you would say the counsel for someone that doesn't want to have those extra fragile, easily breakable feelings would be to sort of loosen up, stay more open-minded um, to what what's a growth opportunity coming your way. Yep. Growth versus fixed mindset is essentially what it ends up being. Yeah. Yes. What was the name of that book that uh, she made that famous? 
Is it mindset? Carol Dweck was at the book. I don't know. <laughs> I wish Growth I could tell you. Fixed. Yeah, it's, it has now become so popular that we've forgotten who who wrote it. But <laughs> but it's true that that fixed mindset of I know all the answers and has to look this way and I can't learn anything more from it. How that just shuts you down and keeps you right here, stagnation versus that growth mindset where everybody is an opportunity for me to grow. Every everything that comes at me is an opportunity to grow. Uh, boy, you, you will keep growing forward if you do that. And you'll keep stepping forward. You'll keep taking risks. Yes. You'll do amazing things because you're not so afraid of failure. Oh, so good. I want to end on that note, Andrea. Thanks so much for being a fantastic guest today and keep growing forward. Thank you, Paul. So I have some takeaways from Andrea today. Maybe you had some of the same ones. Uh, I love the trifecta of as you approach someone, you come with the posture of being for someone, respecting that person and believing in them. And from that posture, you're going to be in a great frame of mind for having a caring conversation. I also love what she said about being an investigator, not a prosecutor, but stay curious. Don't go in knowing all the answers of what you need this person to do, but start with a check-in because something might reveal itself that's going to help you in the rest of that conversation. And then as she talked about her book and that self-expression fueled by fear, like with Elsa at the beginning of the story, was very destructive. Uh, So it's not just unbridled self-expression, but if you can fuel it with love and that self-awareness, it could really become beneficial to those around you. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something and don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. Hey, I have a free gift for you all today. It's uh, opening a text to 72,000 and texting the word growing. What you're going to get is a control my calendar checklist your first steps to getting your time management under control this year. So open the text to 72000 and type the word growing. Thank you for listening to episode nine. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other achiever friends in your life who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. Until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 